What is up, everybody? This is your boy, Is Nefarious, or N. Lloyd. Actually, we're going to go by N. Lloyd. Uh, we are here for scheming it up. It is going before the breakfast show, so I don't even know if I'm sort of supposed to say good morning when we do the breakfast show. I guess I have to, because it's a staple of the breakfast show, telling everybody good morning. But uh, we are here. We got D. Lloyd in the building. D. Lloyd, say hello to the people. Yo, what's going on, PML fans? Your boy, D. Lloyd, we are back scheming it up. This has to be like episode, what, five or six? And so, um, yeah. yeah, so, you know, hopefully you guys are enjoying the series, man. We have a very good episode today, so I'm excited for this one. Yeah, it's all, it's nothing but football on this episode and how you could apply it to Madden. Uh, we also got our other co-hosts in the building. We got Wimmy in the building. Wimmy, say hello to the people. Yo, what's up, PML? Good to be back. Uh, <clears throat> I know uh, we had a little switch up today, but, you know, should be ready for it. But it's still when we don't need a stimmy, man. So when we don't need a stimmy, we also got a very special guest today. Uh, somebody that you know has some insight on scheming, scheming, and all that because he has the uh, the experience in the background. We got KMFO in the building. KMFO, say hello to the people. What's up, guys? I like how so, that's like a guy has a little bit of experience. A little bit this. of experience. <laughs> Slightly. Well, just just a slight experience, just slight experience <laughs> doing this stuff. Um, but thank you for coming on, KMFO. Uh, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is that you dropped a play call sheet. So obviously, um, having a play call sheet is about having a scheme. You know, you know what you want to do. You 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 map out what you want to do based on your scheme, and you have a play call sheet that helps you get through the game for certain situations. Uh, Explain a little bit of what a play call sheet does for you as a quarterback, um, and then also explain how you could apply it to Madden. I know you dropped yours. You could speak specifically on the one you have because there's a bunch of them out there if you search play call sheets. It's a bunch of different ones. Yeah, I would say kind of one of the reasons I started doing it in Madden, um, like last year, I'm sure many of you guys like create custom playbooks and all that, and what you find is in a playbook, you can put 500 plays in the playbook. Um, and when you're going into a real game, um, you know, real life, whether it be college, pros, whatever it is, you usually don't carry more than maybe about 60 to 120 plays. Um, like typically we would have every game week somewhere around 60 to 70 new installs. Those would be the kind of like new plays, um, running the same kind of concepts we normally run, but dressing them up with motions and shifts, different formations, personnel groups, stuff like that, as well as carrying over maybe 40 to 50 of our kind of staple one-word offense, our no-huddle stuff that we go up-tempo or two-minute drives, things we feel we can execute all the time. But you didn't have to worry about trying to sort through hundreds of different plays um, you know, in a game to try to call. And so when I was in Madden, it became kind of difficult to get the plays in and get the plays called that I wanted to. And, like, after losing some games or maybe my offense not doing well, just thinking about how it went, I'd be like, man, why didn't I call this play more? You know, these, these plays always work for me, but I didn't use them in the run game and I couldn't run the football at all, um, stuff like that. So it was kind of a way for me to organize really what I wanted to call, the plays that I know work well in certain situations, and also just kind of new plays that I lab and I try on a weekly basis um, to try to exploit coverages that my, my opponent's going to run. Yeah. Uh, and so it was just a really a good way for me to make sure I got the plays called that could give my offense a lot of success and not trying to, you know, think of something on the fly and in 20 seconds 
um, you know, I have to call play before we need to break the huddle. And, uh, and, you know, I'm trying to find the play I'm looking for, thinking of within 500 plays in the playbook. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you had, you had that many plays, and then you're, you're looking at your playbook after a game, and you're like, why the hell didn't I run this play? When did this play come in my playbook? This is a dope-ass play. Why didn't I run it? Yeah. That, that play calls you could definitely I've help I've been you. telling people pretty much all cycle that, like, you know, people always call out, you know, not being sim or what sim and things like that. And I'm like, well, if you're being real, having 500 plays at your disposal is unsim because there's never <laughs> been an offense known a man that brought out there with 500 plays that they could call this week. <laughs> so. Oh, I mean, for sure. I mean, when we would get our when we would get our play call sheet, um, you know, at the beginning of the week, uh, like just recently when I was in Toronto, Shit, if we saw like 120 plays on it, me and the quarterbacks be looking at each other like, are we really going <laughs> to try to – like, you know there's only 60 plays in the game that we're actually yeah. going to call on offense, right? <laughs> like, why do we need all these? Because, you know, you only get so many reps in practice, and you don't want to yeah. – as a quarterback, I don't want to go in trying to throw this, you know, special double move shot play that we've never ran before, and I might have thrown it once in practice all week. So, like, the more plays you have in your playbook in real life – that you're taking into a game, the less reps you're going to have at each play in practice, and you're not going to be able to execute them as well. Yeah, yeah the, the so, reason so – go ahead with me. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I have a quick question. Uh, so, like, you're talking about real life. Uh, I'm interested. How often do you do you use your – like, do you make a play call sheet for, like, PML games, or have you made one? And, like – how strict are you to like sticking to it um depending on like you know what the defense comes out in and how often do you like audible out of it yeah so um i usually always have a call sheet of some extent for every game um because i already have like two or three that i just well it's really two i have two for this uh for my eagles amount of 22 that i use as kind of like a base concept um, that's like filled out of, you know, the different plays and stuff I use in different situations. And from those two that I've made, depending on the game and the opponent I'm playing, I'll just change them up a little bit. So, um, like, for example, if I'm playing uh, CO a couple weeks ago and I know he's a lot more cover three, uh, whether it be, you know, match, cover three cloud or regular three sky, he run a lot of variations of three and also some three fire zone. Um, and so I changed my a little bit of, you know, my openers usually change uh, every week because I try to different try to start with different plays throughout the, the beginning portion of the game. And I would change some of my situational third and medium, third and long calls, as well as some of my shot plays. Like all my shot plays that I schemed for CEO were really built to uh, beat cover three. And then when I was playing uh, uh, Mike this last game, he runs some three, but he also mixes in a lot of cover six. Uh, a little bit of cover fours, cover two. I know he tries to change up his coverages a lot, especially when he plays me. He tries to do something different almost every play. Um, and I know he's more like man coverage in the red zone. So I changed up a little bit of my play call situationally to kind of match what defense he was going to do. But for the most part, a lot of it stays the same. Um, and I kind of will switch between the couple different call sheets that I use. And then when I get to playoffs and it's a bigger opponent or if it's somebody I know – you know, is going to scheme for me a lot and watch some of my film, um, then I'll probably do something more drastic. But, and then just kind of speak to your question about how true to I, do I stay to it during the game? Honestly, a lot. Um, I would say 
much more so in the beginning to the first half of every game. I usually call almost strictly off the call sheet, and then I'll make a lot of my halftime adjustments kind of based off what's working and what's not working. Um, like, for example, for, for King Mike, like, I, lo- I love beating his ass and just scoring a bunch of points on him because <laughs> I know he wants to win so bad. So, like, if you look at the call sheet, um, like typically I only have like five or six different shot plays that I, uh, bring into every game. But for him, I brought in 10 shots that I was going to try throughout the game and like three or four of them were brand new. I'd never run before. So I know he'd never seen them before. There were things that I knew that I was kind of worked on in practice mode, setting the, the defense up in different coverages that I know he would run and just trying to play with certain plays and hot routes and motions, trying to scheme shots to, to go against his defense. And then I ended up calling seven of the 10 shot plays, completed all seven of them. And like, as I was calling them, I was like checking them off the, my call sheet. And like, I hit every single one of them for a 30 plus yard gain through the air. Um, and that was kind of how I was able to dominate his offense. The only reason I didn't call a 10 was because I got such a big lead early on. I wasn't trying to call a bunch of shot plays when I was up by like 30 points in the third quarter. During that time. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> only because I, I don't want to get suspensions. Like almost, <laughs> he almost the only thing stopping him. But it was it was twenty one nothing, and it was fourth and one like in the second quarter, and I almost went for it. And then I remember the, the he could have just quit and like whatever, taking the forest win, <laughs> and uh, like so he almost got me. I almost tried to show no mercy and go for it on fourth down, like up by twenty one points. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh, uh, I know, like, so my biggest thing, I've never came into a Madden game, with what they call sheet, right? But just knowing me, I feel like I will get away from I know the purpose of it is to keep you disciplined, keep you on track, right? Uh, I feel like, personally, I will get kind of off of it, um, just because, in general, I have, like, my idea. The next thing you know, I'm calling defenses before offenses are even, you know, picked, and I'm just calling plays. Um, like, what helps you stay, you know, kind of just on track with, with what you're doing? I would say for the biggest thing is just the habit of it, you know, just mm. knowing that it's there and also just knowing and experiencing the success with it and then without it. Because there have been some games where, like, I don't, I don't really feel like using it. I'm just going to call the plays, you know, off my head and stuff. And, you know, sometimes it works, but a lot of times I definitely don't feel as much as, in, like, in a rhythm. And, yeah. like, there's a reason why I complete, like, 80% of my passes almost every game with my quarterback. Like, it's not just because I can read defenses and, and, you know, see what's going on. It's because I have a really good idea of, you know, the plays that I'm doing and how they set up other plays. Like, for example, for uh, when I was playing against CEO. So this is kind of one of the, the reasons why a call sheet works so well. Like, in my openers, uh, well, so when I knew I was going to get into the goal line, I wanted to run this new play I'd never done before to score a touchdown because I knew it would score on him. And so it was from like shotgun, uh, deuce close, and it was an RPO read with a tight end running like a little slide route, uh, like a little slide arrow behind the offensive line to get into the mm-hmm. flat. And if the defensive end crashes, you pull it, you can throw that little arrow route. Uh, but the only problem is, is I was like repping it in practice I realized that um, sometimes the defensive end would crash and then tackle my tight end, like as he was trying to get on the flat route and I have nobody to throw to. Um, And so I didn't want that to happen. So what I realized is I can motion him across uh, to the same side as my running back. 
And now he's running the arrow route, like from where the defensive end is that I'm reading. And the defensive end wasn't able to grab him, tackle him or nothing like that. And it was a really easy touchdown throw every single time I pulled it out. And, but I didn't want to make it seem too obvious and I wanted to kind of disguise it. So I scripted that exact play with the motion and everything uh, to be one of the first two plays I was going to call inside the five yard line. And then in my openers, in my first 15 plays, um, I scripted that same exact formation with the same motion, but I was going to run inside zone. So if you watch, I think it was the first, second play of the game. I line up in gun deuce close. I move motion my tight end over to the same side as my running back. And I just run an inside zone and I only gain like two or three yards. But the purpose of the play wasn't to try to get a gash on the inside run. It was literally just trying to set up this, show the same exact motion from the same formation and show like I'm going to hand the ball off so that I know when I come back later on in the game and get inside the five yard line and I get in that same formation with the same motion, he isn't going to try to, you know, wonder what's going on and maybe user uh, cover my tight end in the flat. So it was just a way to set up my touchdown. And sure enough, like I got into the goal line later in the first quarter. And I think it was the second play I called inside the five yard line. And it was easy touchdown throw, uh, running that same exact play in formation. And then also just the same, same way it within my, uh, my goal line setup, I had both ran, from the doubles off the the fake fly sweep with the quarterback power, as well as the doubles off uh, out of gun with the jet sweep. And so I was able to do both of those for touchdowns. Um, you know, if you show, you show one, I did the quarterback power first scored, came back later on in the game, same, the same, you know, show the same formation, the same jet sweep action, his user linebacker underplayed it. I think he was waiting for the QB power and my receiver went untouched around the, around the edge on the fly sweep for a touchdown. So it's just kind of different ways you can set up your play calls and you can do it in an organized fashion when you, you know, actually have a call sheet and you're planning these things out in advance. For sure. And, so, and it's always good to so, set, especially against those guys that watch film, because you know they're going to try to, you know, they're going to try to jump you and beat you to the punch. So, like how you set up, go yeah. with me. Uh, I was just going to say, like, so kind of like, you know, we, we were talking about that, that jet sweep kind of setup that I had against you. And, like, yeah. even though that first one was so successful, like, uh, like, even if it isn't, sometimes, like, that's fine. Like, even like you said, you only got like two or three yards on that inside zone, but just because you set it up, like, that's kind of it, it, it's, it's, there's more of a purpose to the play than just gaining a ton of yards off of it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, a lot of, a lot of things I do, like, I'm trying to, in my openers, my first 10, 15 plays that I'm calling, like, I am trying to set. up for the future like as well as i try to call shot plays and stuff early on in the game um, you know at least oh, yeah. once or my play calling i'm also at the same time shot plays some of my red zone plays you know make work that i want to do and there's a way i can set yeah, it so up would you say essentially like that first because i know i told you kind of never like our strategy i was like basically like Obviously, you're always trying to score, right? But that first, you know, your first 15, maybe, you know, maybe your first 20, you're kind of trying to give the looks that you want or setups that you want, and you're kind of seeing how that defense adjusts. Do you kind of take that mentality as well? Like, see, you know, show them different things and see, you know, where you can kind of attack them later on? Yeah, I mean, 100%. And there's, there's different ways to do it. Like, 
you definitely want to score early on and kind of get that rhythm going. And I feel like yeah. having an opening script, just like you've seen in, you know, guys talk about in real life in the NFL when you watch a team, you know, like the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs this past weekend where they go down on their first drive, look flawless, execute perfectly. It's because they had a great opening script of plays. Every single offense coordinator out there scripts the first 10 or first 15 plays they're going to call. And um, and then all of a sudden you get through those 10 and 15 plays and you see a lot of offenses start to stall and they can't really figure out what to do or get a rhythm. Um, so I think it's important to have kind of that combination of you want to get in a rhythm, score some points and move the ball early on. But you also, you know, want to see what the defense is doing. And, um, you know, you want to be able to set things up for the future for certain play calls as well. And, and also, like, one, I, I, th- I think it was you uh, and Lowe who talk about, you know, getting off the call sheet and just kind of calling out a whim. One of the biggest advantages of it, too, is just kind of always feeling what it does. Um, so like, for, um, like I know every time I play a division opponent, usually you play them a second time, they're going to be a little different than the first time, especially when I was so successful in offense within the first time I knew he might be bridges and stuff like that, rather than just running his base, his base thing is that I highlighted throughout my I guess me cover six. Found, found the play in the call sheet and, you know, schemed it up to get the matchup that I wanted. And I hit, um, De- I think, Devontae Smith on a post-corner route, which I knew was going to be wide open versus his man. And, you know, got like a big 25-yard gain off of it. And then all of a sudden he's out of man coverage after that because um, he realized I had some answers for it. So I think being able to do that kind of stuff and, and you know, always have an answer for what you're, the, the opponent is trying to do is a lot easier to find and think of, you know, when you have it planned out in advance. So I got a, I got a question for you. So we, this is, the show is about, you know, talking football schemes in real life and how to apply it in Madden. So I wanted to ask you, is it, do you have a scheme and is it staying true to your scheme? Is, is that the way to go? Or do you feel like you got to still be able to play Madden? Do you think you could just win off scheme is, is basically the question. I, I definitely think there's – you got you got to have both to be really good, to be able to – you probably win a Super Bowl in the PML and yeah. maybe not make playoffs in your division, but to win double-digit games and be a contender, I feel like it's very helpful to have both a scheme that you are comfortable in, you can rely on, and that's effective and adaptable to what your opponent does. Um, and also you need some skills like you can call the best plays in the world. I could call plays for somebody in this league, but if they can't read a defense and they like throwing, you know, just random go routes into coverage, uh, you know, there's no play call that's going to really help them. Um, so, yeah. and it, you know, if, 
if you can't find a hole in the run game and you can't see anything, you like running into the backs of your own blockers, like I do sometimes, then, um, you know, the best run scheme in the world ain't going to help you. So there's definitely mm-hmm. a, a mix of both. Um, but I think having a really good scheme that you're effective in is going to take you a long way because not everybody's going to be the most skilled, you know, video game person with, you know, and being able to react and, and, and think on the fly and use their thumbs to, you know, be the best user. So to kind of shorten that gap between, you know, maybe the some of the bottom tier players in the league and then guys like Hype Mike who are just phenomenal with the sticks, um, you know, you got to be able to have a really good game plan and, and scheme to kind of narrow that gap. No, I, d- I definitely agree with that. Need stick skill at some point. Um, I've been trying to work on that. I'm still trash at the game. Um, did you guys have any any other major questions before I kind of went back off of Madden a little bit? I uh one one of the things I wanted to comment mm-hmm. on because uh, mm-hmm. I know if you're looking at the call sheet and this is just another real a real life strategy that p- people use um, that you can take to Madden. Uh, like if you look at the call sheet that I have, you have 15 pass plays or t- your top 15 pass plays. And then most of my um, situational stuff is all going to be pass plays as well. And then I only have eight run plays, um, you know, like my top eight run plays. And like that's not just because I don't run the football very often. Like I do sometimes my running back, Miles Sanders, is still like one of the top seven or eight rushers in the league. Um it's mainly because I don't call a lot of run plays. Um, a lot of my run plays are off my kill system because every, especially my top 15 passes, like everything I call, just like you would in the real NFL and in real pro football, it's all has kills and alerts built into it. So it's easier as an offense, and a lot of teams do this in real life, it's easier to call pass play in the huddle and then kill or alert to a run call um, rather than calling a run play in the huddle and trying to alert to a pass play. And that's because when you break the huddle, you get to the line of scrimmage, you want your center to be able to set pass protections, do your mic IDs, see blitzes, and you know, same with the quarterback, being able to slide protection and stuff like that and make any hot routes he needs to make. It's hard to do that when you come out of the huddle in a run call, and then now you're trying to shift to a pass play and your offensive line has to re-ID the front, set the pass protection, and you have to make any communications to the receiver. So a lot of my run calls that I have during the game, a lot of my run attempts are really just plays that I came out of, you know, in gun tray wide flex trying to run, you know, a, a levels concept. They came out in a light box and I felt like I could run the football on it on a first and 10. I checked the inside zone and run the football. Um, so a lot of the, I rarely actually break the huddle in a run play. And if I do, it's usually one of my top run plays for that game that I know, like, you know, if I'm not having success running or passing the football or, you know, it's a critical, you know, third and three, and I really want to get this through, you know, on the ground, I want to be able to come to a, a run play that I know always works for me. That's when I, you know, shift to my top eight runs um, and, you know, try to call something that I know works for me. Other than that, like I'm usually coming out in pass plays and all my top 15 pass plays have run audibles to them that I trust. And, and so that's how I think it's really too. important. Yeah. And I think it's really important. Like That's probably the biggest feature of a custom playbook. Like if you don't feel like adjusting a playbook at all, the best thing you could at least do is go edit a playbook 
take, you know, if you like using the Carolina Panthers playbook, because I know a lot of people like doing that in Mutt, or at least last cycle they did. Mm -hmm. If you want to take that playbook and you just want to use it stock, use it, but go edit it at least and change the audibles to whatever fits you and whatever you want and then save that. So you're still using the same playbook you like to use, but at least now you're comfortable with all the audibles in every formation so that when you line up, and, you know, single back dice slot and they give you a six man box with the safeties high and you get a three technique to your tight end side. You can check to your zero one trap and get a 10 yard run every single time rather than you run that same formation. They give you that front, but now that's not in your audibles and you don't really have a great answer, uh, you know, for what they're trying to do or a, a great way just to take advantage of whatever kind of defensive formation they're lined up in. So setting up your audibles so you can have kills and alerts in all your play calls is one of the biggest things that will help you. So you're always in an advantageous, um, you know, position when you snap the ball. That is that is some uh, some great insight for people, uh, especially when making a custom, you know, knowing how to use your audibles to be effective. Because, you know, a lot of people probably set audibles and don't really know why they're setting them. And, I, you know, I could be one myself. Don't know why you're setting them. And, you know, having that insight is definitely, definitely the go-to. Um, so what are some of the schemes? Like, what what, what what are some of the schemes you know? We've talked about, you know, uh, Deloitte's talked about the pistol, the run and shoot, the air raid, and some of the insight on it. What's some of the unique schemes that you've come across as a, uh, a pro QB? Or has it all just say been one of the and played played off uh played off what's already there? No, I, I mean it, it, there's definitely variations to do, but I think one of the biggest things to learn is that a lot of it is all the same. I mean, I've been with a lot of different offenses now in my pro career too. I think I've been with four offense coordinators now, and all of them have different offenses. They come from different coaching trees, and a lot of it is the exact same reads and same play, same concepts. They're just called different things and they look different. I would say one of the biggest kind of schemes that I came across in my career was when I was in Ottawa for a year and um, the head coach there, who was also their offense coordinator, had just won the Grey Cup the year before in Winnipeg. And one of his biggest things is he always called it putting lipstick on a pig. So it was doing the same thing over and over again, but just, dressing it up, making it look different. So I basically like putting makeup on the same thing over and over again. That's simple. So his, like, literally, this is a pro run game. This was the best Russian attack, the leading Russian attack in the league um, in the CFL two years ago, won the great cup off of being the best rushing team. They had inside zone, outside zone and counter to the left. Those were the only three play run plays in their entire playbook. They ran zero one, which was inside zone, right and left, uh, eight and nine, and they had five. And five was their counter. And they only ran counter to the left. They didn't even teach how to run counter to the right. And that was because of how they set up their offensive line. They wanted their pulling uh, guard and tackle on the right side. Um, and that's just kind of how they set up their personnel. And but they would make that shit look different all the time, different formations, a bunch of different fly sweeps. They always had guys going, you know, laterally in motion. So it was always trying to dress things up and they'd run some RPOs and different bubbles off of it as well. They would run counter left, but then hand the ball off on a fly sweep going right. And so it, just, it always looked different, but it's just how simple you can make the game. And I mean, same thing in Madden, like 
inside zone, trap, power, whatever you want to do, you could literally run inside zone all game if you want, and that would be pretty realistic. I mean, you don't really need many different run plays. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be on sim to line up in, you know, 10 different shotgun formations and just fucking run inside zone all the time if your opponent can't stop it because here's a professional team that had you know like 16 or 1700 rushing yards in a season that has three run plays in their entire playbook and they would run inside zone at least 80 percent of the time and they'd throw in a counter you know a couple times a game just kind of keep the defense guessing and um you know that's not unsim it's, it's just about finding what works for you and um like probably that's the most sim thing you could do is finding a few different things that you do really well and doing that over and over again. That same exact offense, their base passing play was a curl flat read with a dra- like a curl flat read to the field or boundary with a shallow uh, crosser coming into your vision. So you would start your same read, you'd go curl your hook route to your flat to whatever is coming into your vision at about four to five yards. And they'd get through that different directions or different ways, whether that be a drag route coming from the opposite side or like a little whip route that's getting over the ball and then working back out. It was always the same exact read. And they'd run that shit like 10 times a game from different formations. And it's really easy as a quarterback because all I have to do is perfect this one read and I'm going to be very, very successful in the offense. Like we're going to make it look different. The defense isn't going to know what's coming all the time. We're going to get to it different ways, but at the same, at the end of the day, it's the same read for me. And I think that's one of the most important things when you're trying to scheme something is, uh, you know, not try to get too complicated, trying to keep it simple for you, but make it look complicated for the defense that's trying to defend you. I love it. I mean, I've been telling people like, like literally, <laughs> if you ran the same shit over and over again, it's not unsim. Like when people be like, "You're running the same play," like because you know we have the play count limiter, so obviously you can't run that same play, but you can run that same concept, right? So I'm like, that's not yeah. unsim at all. Like if that's what they do, you know, that's what they do. And most offenses have their identity. Like they may switch some shit up here, but like you said, they're just going to dress it up differently, right? They're not going to come out here and all of a sudden week 15 have a whole different fucking identity to their team right like this it is what they they are what they are so i do like that and i think from you know a pml standpoint um like i like people to kind of identify what they do you know what i mean so if you want to run play actions or you want to run wide zone or you want to do like that's what you do do it like don't feel that pressure to feel like everybody like i gotta have a 500 play playbook you know 500 play playbook because i don't think that's super realistic you know yeah, 100%. Like, I, and honestly, I think there's definitely a fine line between playing your lobby ball, like, hey, this guy lines up in shotgun bunch and runs the same two plays yeah. over and over again. Like, that's not sim. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a limit to how much you should be diversifying your play calls to actually be sim because also nobody comes out there in a real football game and runs 20 different run concepts and <laughs> runs a different passing concept on every single play like for one as an offense as a quarterback that's extremely difficult and the more you try to get creative and changing things up the harder it is for us to execute and the most important thing is to play fast and execute for a lot of offenses so if that's what you're trying to do if you're trying to play fast and execute have answers like if you want to run the same five or six different passing concepts all game and just make them look different do different formations, different personnel groups. That's probably the most realistic thing you can do. Because honestly, if you wanted to run flood with, you know, a, you know, a three receiver flood concept with a single receiver running 
some kind of man or zone beater and your running back as a check down. If you want to do that and make that a staple of your offense and get really good at it, then do it and call it 10 times a game. Just don't do it from the same exact formation because of our yeah. play count or whatever. Learn how to do yeah. it from a double tight end set under center. Do it from a double tight end set from shotgun. Do it from three receiver sets. Do it from a two receiver set, like a shotgun doubles motion. Your receiver across the formation, put him on a 10 yard out, the tight end on a flat, the outside receiver on a go route and just kind of manufacture it yourself out of a different formation and motioning to it because that is what they do in real life. You find things that you're really good at. You find a handful of things and you find new ways to do it, to keep the defense guessing. And you have get really good at reading that play so that you feel comfortable in having an answer for whatever coverage that they try to get into to take away your primary read. You always have your secondary, your reads, your check downs. You have run plays to get to and to check to if they just try to, like, say, fuck it, which guys do against me. And, like, we're just going to get in a dime formation and try to cover everything. Like, all right, I'm just going to run the football then. Um, you know, have answers for what they're doing, but get really good at a few things that you feel comfortable in. So speaking of being comfortable on the offensive side, a big topic, you know, and a lot of it came from you, but a big topic, which I love, though, is no huddle, right? So explain yeah. from a a real life perspective and then kind of a Madden perspective. Like what do you see are the advantages and disadvantages of no huddle? How do you kind of go about it? I would say one of the things from real life, the biggest advantages and why people do no huddle is you keep the defense very vanilla and base. Like that was why it became so big in college football, as well as being able to get more play calls in. But I think mm -hmm. that was kind of a secondary primary yeah. feature. Um, but when you are in a no huddle on offense, you also keep the defense in no huddle. Because, I mean, traditionally, if you go to an actual NFL football game and you watch it, the offense gets in the huddle and the defense gets in the huddle. And when a defense gets in the huddle and they start getting together – and the defensive play caller can make a, you know, a scheme play call. They can get better communication. They can, you know, um, set up more complicated blitzes and zone coverage disguises and stuff like that. When you're an offense and you're dictating the tempo of the game and you're running no huddle and you're going fast and stuff, it doesn't even have to be going fast. You can run no huddle and start slowing it down. But if you're dictating the tempo of the game, you're also keeping the defense from being very complex. It's hard to run a bunch of coverage disguises and complex blitzes when as a defense when you're trying to go very fast when you can't huddle up and you can't communicate very well at that point all you're trying to do is just get lined up correctly yeah. as a defense and so that's kind of what it translated into college football is these colleges figured out well they can get very they can just go very fast get very simple develop these rpos where you can call the same play three times in a row and the result of whether it's handed off throwing a bubble or throwing a slant can be different all three times based on what the defense does and just go very fast. And all these defenses are trying to do is get lined up correctly. Yeah. They can't worry about trying to blitz and trying to, you know, bracket coverage, your best receiver and, um, you know, trying to disguise cover two as a cover three and how they're going to do that. Like they're just trying to get lined up to what you're doing before they know what the ball is snapped. Um, so you bring that stuff into Madden and I know it kind of, makes people upset because like oh like i don't have any play calls to do like you know they're going so fast i can't change my my coverages i only have is these four audibles which nobody even is smart enough to try to change their audibles um, <laughs> on defense and like 
like that's literally the fucking point. Like that is why people go no huddle. Like, well, what welcome to being a defensive coordinator in real life. When an offense goes very fast, it becomes very difficult to call a defense. And you shit, you're you end up in the same thing every play. Um, because there's only so many things you can do when you're trying to call play within 10 seconds and you're trying to get your defense lined up to what the offense is doing correctly so that you don't have any just busts in coverage. Um, so like that's the point of no huddle. That's why I do it, try to mix it in as much as I can without it being too annoying to where people are going to hit my user score. But at the end of the day, like that, that's something that I do in real life. We have, um, you know, in the offense I've been in, we've ranged anywhere from 40 to 70 one play off, one play, uh, um, no huddle plays. And so like, for example, like we go just get in a formation, they, you know, call in my headset and my helmet out here, here at casino. And I'd get to, you know, Hey, fire, fire, fire. Uh, Rebel right, get us in our formation and casino. Just tell the offense line casino, give the hand signal to the receivers, and all of a sudden we're in a you know a play action max protection, faking outside zone. I got a sluggo to the field. I got a post with a dig to, uh, or sorry, a, a, a seam with a dig to the boundary. My running back is checking you know boundary DB pressure to get into the flat, and I'm able to read my sluggo off my play action to then resetting my feet to hit the dig or the flat route in the boundary, and all that's just coming from saying one word and i know all that shit is happening and this defense is just trying to figure out what formation we're in how to line up and then you know all of a sudden the ball snapped and we're in this complex play call off one word and the defense doesn't really know what's going on like that's the reality of how it works in real life and why i feel like the no huddle is so easy and, and good to be utilized like the, way, the reason i use it in madden as much as i do um, like it's very hard for a defense yeah it's very hard for a defense and much easier for an offense and then you know also if somebody's you know uh comes out in a in a three you know a three down lineman and two linebackers with six dbs on the field and i'm in a you know a tight end and running back you know 11 personnel offensive formation and it's first and 10, or if it's third and 12 and I get a first down, well, I'm going no huddle to keep them from subbing in, you know, another lineman, another linebacker. I'm trying to keep six DBs on the field because now I have a first and 10 and I can just run the football all day on this defense. And so I'm going to do it over and over again until I'm too tired to run the football anymore or until they call a timeout or I get stopped or something like that. But all, yeah, also doing it because you figure out you have a personnel advantage on the field is another big reason to stay in no huddle to keep the defense from substituting. Yeah, I mean, I always look at it like you, you're trying to make put pressure on the defense, keep them uncomfortable, right? Which is the purpose of <laughs> like offense, like and pushing that pace and dictating it, right? Because you don't want the defense to become comfortable, because that's when you kind of you know lose that advantage that you have, um, being on offense, right? It's keeping them kind of on their toes and on their heels. And that's what makes being a defensive coordinator so tough, right? Yeah. Like I don't envy none of that, yeah. because <laughs> you always have to kind of anticipate or you know like you're always thinking so i just like i don't mind it i just like it you know i've been saying you know i don't see nothing wrong with it at all you know what i mean but i just want you know people to hear it from another perspective like this is a real life strategy like this isn't cheese like this is literally what you do you know what i mean like and this is the purpose why like there's a reason behind it and uh yeah and you know making defenses uncomfortable like you said uh, you, you brought up earlier, but I want to touch on it, but, you know, the way the connection has been, I, I couldn't really touch on it. Uh, but making everything look the same is, is something that will make a defense uncomfortable. And I feel like there's people in here that just run place to run place, and they have 
uh, one play in this formation, maybe two in this formation, and they got 15 different formations in the playbook instead of just having a simple playbook that has, you know, six, seven formations. You know, I, I don't know what is a good number. It's five, six, seven, whatever it is, and having everything look the same uh, and make the defense wondering what, what's coming now instead of, oh, this, this formation, he's running this play. That formation, he's running that play. Like, yeah. they know. Yeah, that's why I'm not a fan of you yeah, know, yeah, I'm, 30 I'm, formations and each formation having five plays. Like, I just yeah. not, like to me, I'd rather go deeper, you know what I mean, and let me know exactly what I'm doing. And then mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know what I'm doing on the other side. Um, just a personal thing, but I mean, yeah. I guess I could go, you know, to each his own. So, so you yeah, I mean, honestly, out... I, I... okay, sorry, go ahead. Well, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, yeah. No, just real, I was going to touch on that because, like, there's definitely a scheme for both of those things in real life. Um, I think you have those people and those offenses, and you see a lot in college where they line up in a few different formations and run a lot of shit out of those formations. And it does make it difficult to stop in terms of you don't really know what's coming next. Um, and, you know, they might line up in the same trips formation and they run 10 different pass concepts out of it. They run a couple different runs and you really don't know how to defend this, what they're going to do out of this formation. So it keeps you guessing that way. Um, and then there's the other spectrum of it where some teams and offenses I've been in that have also been very successful rarely ever line up in the same formation twice in the entire game. And you'll run in, like, we've had call sheets when I was um, in Toronto this past season. We'd have call sheets broken down by formation, uh, and it'd be broken down by formation, shift, and motion. So every time we had a different motion, it'd be a different formation. And mm-hmm. we didn't have more than two plays in, in any one formation. And that shit changed every game. So, like, you know, we might line up in this one formation with this same motion and shift and run inside zone this one game and then the very next game we're going to line up in the same exact thing and run a play action off of it so that's another way you kind of build things through but at that point what you're trying to do is make it very complicated for the defense to just line up against you and know what's going on because now the defense has to try to figure out how to line up and defend 40 different formations and motions and communicate through it because every time you line up in a new formation your coverage principles and how you match different routes changes so you make it very complicated on defense because now they're spending a bunch of practice time on just trying to line up against you rather than all right they're going to line up in these few formations and this is now we have to figure out what they're trying to defend against so i think there's there's both uh you know spectrums that offenses kind of fall into i try to get somewhere in the middle where there's a handful of formations that i feel very comfortable in and then i um you know run a lot of shit from and then there's also you know a bunch of other formations that i have in my playbook like i think in my playbook i have at least 30 to 35 shotgun formations by themselves and some of them have 10 plays in them and i only run two or three plays and those plays will change every game like against ceo i uh this past game i installed at least i think six new formations with new plays that i never shown in a game before that i ran very heavily against him over and over again, these brand new formations that he probably never seen in film or I never played against him uh, using. And I haven't used them, didn't use them against Mike. Like I literally just installed this kind of new scheme, new offense that I found 
for him just to show him something new because I knew I already played against him once. So it was running plays that I'm familiar with, comfortable with, just out of new formations that he's never seen me use before. And so that's, not, you know, just another way to go about it, like having the things you're comfortable with, but also like having, you know, putting some new flavor to your offense, um, you know, gives you some benefit too because it keeps the defense guessing of how you're going to line up and what they need to defend mm-hmm. out of certain formations. So what yeah, you're saying is we have no shot. Say <laughs> so you have no shot, sir. No, you, no. Yeah, he's saying you all, as a collective group, have no shot. Let's <laughs> stop prepping like this. Hey, well, little does he know, PML <laughs> as a collective is trying to figure out how to beat him. So, <laughs> as a collective, that's as all, a collective, that's, bro, we got we got goal. people making videos, sharing info on how we about to be KMFO at some point. So you, you said you said <laughs> so you said um, you know. There's two different uh, sides of the spectrum, you know, having different formations, but the concepts are still the same out of those different formations. It, even though you're switching formations, you're still setting yourself with the same reads to stay comfortable as a quarterback. And that's coming from a pro quarterback that does this for a living. And we're just, you know, just regular old bums picking up the sticks, trying to read the field like a quarterback. Having the same concepts and the same reads and training your eyes to perfect a certain concept is much better than switching up all these to all these different concepts. No matter if it's the same formation. Oh yeah, or I mean formation. Like, like for example, like if you're gonna run just in in Madden itself, like if one play that you really like and you're comfortable with is running the uh, the Y sale concept where you have. Your uh, your Z or your receiver, your strong side receiver and your tight end side on a go, your tight end on a corner route with your running back on a flat route, and then your dig is coming from your uh, backside with uh, a hitch or a pit or a whip route from your slot. Like like, then you can go into your playbook creator, whatever you want to do, and they have that Y sale play from uh, gun ace. They have it from gun ace offset. They have it from doubles. Uh, shotgun doubles they have it from shotgun doubles y off they have it from shotgun um normal off close they have it from shotgun normal off they have it from uh you can also just create it yourself by running um a shotgun ace offset uh levels and you can just motion your slot receiver across the field yeah. and you'll end up an ace offset put him on a go route and you end up having the same exact play and so you can run the same exact play 10 times in a row from 10 dead formations and you can just get really good at reading that exact concept. You know where you're going to go against in man coverage. You know where you're throwing against in cover three sky. You know, where you're going against in three hard flats. You know, where you're going in, you know, cover four quarters or palms or six, whatever it is, you know, whatever coverage they do, you're going to have an answer for it as long as you have pass protection and just run that shit over and over again. Um, just make it look different. And that, that's kind of one of the most sim things you can do. If you want to call the same concept, eight times in a game, then more power to you if you're successful with it. Just make it look different, dress it up, do some different formations. And, and that's that's how a lot of that's how the approach of real offenses can be. Yeah, and it's not it's not the end of the world if somebody's doing that either, because if you're if you're not adjusting to it and saying, all right, he's doing this on he likes to attack the right sideline with this flood concept. All right, I'm gonna mabel the right side. Make him yeah. adjust and attack the other side, or you maybe both sides and leave the middle open, and then you you know you there's a hole somewhere in the defense at all times. 
Um, but for somebody that's calling the same play and using the same concept, I feel is actually easier to stop than, you know, somebody that mixes it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why you do, you do want, you want concepts that marry that like marry each other in terms of the, if, if Y sale is your main concept and you know, there's a certain coverage that defends it really well, then you want another play that you run out of those same formations that beats that coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, so let, let's say like they think cover one is going to defend the Y sale <laughs> concept. Then mm-hmm. you want to cover one beater out of those same formations so that if you feel like they start, if you come out in sale and they go single high and you see that it's possibly cover one. All right, then I'm going to change to this formation. Now I got my cover one beater. So there's just kind of different ways you can go about it. And, and I think that's also when your audibles come into check, uh, you know, really well to know that, all right, they might be coming on a defense that stops this play. I'm going to audible to something else, kill the play, um, go to something else that beats that, um, you know, that coverage or whatever they're trying to do. Well, jokes on you because you play Vegas. We go cover one, and we man the fuck up, and it beats everything. Right? So. <laughs> we pay everybody. You paying everybody money? They better man the fuck up. I pay you too much up. money to get burnt, man. man bro. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're gonna sit and relax in zone coverage? No, sir. You manning the fuck up. You gonna earn you. this seventy million? You know you, what I mean? I want you on the line pressing him. Don't let him get off the line. Hey. Hey, that hey, that's one of the most NFL sim defenses you could run. Like I, one of the guys I trained with, uh, he played corner for the Cincinnati Bengals for the past two years. Now he's back up in the CFL, but he was telling me like when he was there, he was like, "Shit, I never played so much man coverage in my entire life. Like they don't even change the fucking play." DBs, like we don't even look to our linebackers or the sideline for a play call. We know that we're matched up on this one receiver the entire game. We're gonna follow him around. We're gonna press him, and we're playing cover one the entire fucking game. And I'm like, damn, like that's like that's that's some. And they said the same thing. Like you're gonna earn these millions of dollars. You're gonna cover this fucking receiver. I don't care if it's Devontae Adams. Like we're gonna cover. You're gonna. You're one on one with. Hey, you. I like to think great minds think alike, bro. Who cares? Yeah, you got Adams, bro. Get out there, man. Man, the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got poor Mike Hilton with his 87 speed trying to cover uh, 98 speed. Uh, hey, bro. 99. You want to continue earning this check? You know what to do. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> man the fuck up. I don't care if he's faster than you. Man the fuck up. Press him. Don't up, let him bro. get off the I'll line give you safety he's help from time to time, man. But man the fuck up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I love. Uh, but I know you had to you had to get out of here, KMFO. Is there anything you want to leave with the folks as far as uh, you know uh, what we talked about with the play sheet and stuff before we head out? Or you got some more stuff coming that you want to tell them about? No, I mean, yeah, I might have put some more stuff out there, but I would say one of the biggest things is like don't get too, don't get scared by how like big the the. Um, the call sheet that I put out there is like how many play options and stuff there are to fill it in. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. I think using it can be very helpful. I think using it as minimal, minimally or maximally as you want to can be helpful. Like even printing it out and putting like one or two plays in every category um, or even just, you know, using five plays that, you know, you want to open up the game with, or, you know, a top red zone player or two that you like to use, just doing that much can be very helpful. If anything, it can really help you in a situation where if you go into a game like, all right, I'm just going to call plays off my off the top of my head, and then you figure out, you know, five drives into the game, you're not getting any offense, you're not moving the ball, you don't have a rhythm. It's something that you can go back to to help you find that rhythm and kind of mm-hmm. remind you of what the plays that you like 
Um, so it's not something you always have to use. It's something you can kind of keep in your back pocket to help you out in a situation where maybe you're not being very successful trying to just call things off the top of your head in a game. Um, and, you know, it's something that kind of bail you out and make you find a rhythm and make you, uh, you know, help you with a second half comeback kind of thing. So uh, use it as much or as little as you want to. Um, just know that it's not going to help you beat me uh, because whatever you do, I'm going to do it. <laughs> before we get out i didn't know what type of football nerd time we on do you actually print it out or do you like you look at it digitally i, I print it out because it's Love easier it. for me it's easier for me to have a piece of paper in my hand than trying to look at my phone um and also at the same time like i have a special strategy for how i fold it uh, a certain way oh, so that man. I know how to okay. like. Oh it. Jesus! Like, we we didn't even get into the folding <laughs> strategy. What the fuck? <laughs> we need a whole nother episode on how to fold it, man. Yeah, like, the way you fold fold it so I can flip it real quick and you know see the exact you know part of the of the call sheet I want to look at. Um, and so yeah, the the the, the folding is probably the the biggest strategy. I'll never give that away. <laughs> Uh, so um, we he said we let you off the hook. Do you get a little, little extra time because he wants to know about this fourth down strategy? Um, uh, I, I assume he wants to know how you feel it plays in Madden compared to real life. What are some of the I, fact, I the pros and cons? I I don't have any time. Actually, see, I'm literally see? pulling into my I, driveway. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I tried, Mike. Sorry about that, man. <laughs> you don't have no time to really talk Another about episode, it. Another episode, man. Another episode. There well, when we, when we got it, this is part one of the play call sheet. Part two of the play call sheet, when we talk about how you fold it, we'll ask him that fourth down there question and Perfect. how it applies to Madden. Yeah, hey, yeah. Real, real quick, I will shout out pulling out a no in our last game um like i props to him he got to fourth and one went no huddle i don't remember what play he ran but he converted on me and i was like son of a bitch like this is exactly the same shit i do to him because <laughs> um, i was panicking i didn't know what play to get into i wasn't expecting no nah, words so, against you man um, no, it was hey, the hey, one hey. bright spot of his whole game the one bright spot the student has become the master yeah, but I'll, I'll be messaging you uh we'll possibly get you yeah, on next week around the same time um, Z said he wants to hop on next time, and he has some questions for you. Could you beat up his boy? So he needs to he needs to get some of those questions out. Uh, but that's pretty much gonna do it for us, uh, PML. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next week. All right, man. Thanks, bro.